Welcome to the Christian Life Podcast. At Christian Life, we're all about making disciples of all generations. If you'd like to connect with us and find out more about what's going on here, you can find us on Facebook at CLC Gridley, and of course on the web at clcgridley.org. We hope that God speaks to you through the message you're about to hear. Let's dive in together. Merry Christmas! We're so glad that you've chosen to be here with us for Christmas at Christian Life. I mean, it's an incredible time of year, and we're so grateful that you are here and you chose to celebrate with us. It's incredible. I mean, houses are decked out in Christmas lights, trees have been set up, carols are literally the only thing on the radio. Presents are getting wrapped and put under the tree unless you're the procrastinator and you chose not to do that until the last minute. In that case, I'll pray for you. Luckily for you, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, so hopefully he will help you as you get the last bit of your shopping done. By far, my favorite part of the holidays are the family traditions. Some traditions, they happen by choice and others by accident, but holiday traditions are definitely my favorite. They are so cool. I enjoy arguing with my wife about when it's too early to start decorating for Christmas. I mean, you know, I I just got done saying that holiday traditions are so cool, and normally cool and arguing with your wife don't go hand in hand, but I guess if you're arguing over something fun like decorating for Christmas, it can't be too bad. Every year, though, I think we get this scored away, and with each passing year, it just keeps getting brought up. So it's kind of a family tradition. If you do it every year, you might as well call it what it is, right? I'm going to set the record straight, though, from now until the end of time. If it's not even Thanksgiving yet, it's too early to decorate for Christmas. My wife's opinion is very different, though. For her, I'm pretty sure it has to do with the temperature. The first time she gets cold, then it's time to decorate for Christmas. It's Christmas movies, setting up our fake tree and decorating the house as soon as she gets cold. You've got to get past pumpkin-flavored everything before you can get set up for Christmas. It should be the law. I mean, it drives me nuts when I walk into stores and I see Christmas decorations before Halloween has even happened yet. I mean, I saw the most ridiculous thing in the world this year. I walked into Lowe's and I saw an inflatable Grim Reaper standing right next to an inflatable Santa Claus. I mean, guys, we're going to give kids nightmares that the Grim Reaper came for Santa. I mean, this is just not good. But I enjoy reminding my mom, this is another one of my family traditions, I I enjoy reminding my mom about the year she turned the kitchen into a war zone by leaving a glass bowl with potatoes on the stove. In case no one in your family has ever tried to kill you in that way, when the glass bowl and the potatoes get hot enough, they explode. Yes, they explode. I'm just glad all I got was the chunks of potatoes. My uncle got the glass. That stunk for him, but it was really funny for me, but... I mean, it takes food fight to a whole nother level. I think this year I'm going to get my mom a, a bag of mashed potatoes, of course, for our safety, right? I enjoy Black Friday shopping because not only am I going to get everything we went in for, but I'm going to beat you out the front door too. This year we were in and out of Walmart at 6.05. That's five minutes after the sales started for those of you sane people that don't do Black Friday shopping. Family traditions are awesome. 
The holidays are a wonderful time, but they can also be very challenging. They can be really difficult for some of us. Some of us, we watch these Christmas movies or we see these people on Facebook that just look like they've got it all together. We see these quote-unquote perfect families and we wonder what it must be like to be them. Yeah, I see your faces. I know exactly what you're thinking. We spent the last couple weeks, though, talking about some challenging seasons of our lives. How God, even in those challenging moments, He's with us even then. God is with us in the highlights of our life, but He's equally with us in the lowest, most difficult moments. We all walk through difficult seasons. In fact, the Bible promises us this. In John 16, 33, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that. I'm so glad that you included that verse. But what we can be excited about is the fact that the verse doesn't stop there. It continues and says, because I have overcome the world. I'm grateful that even though I know trials will come, I know that I'm serving a God, that I'm pursuing a God that's overcome those things, and he's going to help me through each one of them. This morning, whether your world is going great or you're at a rock bottom and and struggling just to hold it all together, I want to share something with you that I believe will encourage you. I hope will encourage you this morning. This word of encouragement can be found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. And this, this is actually the fulfillment of a, of a prophecy spoken way back in Isaiah chapter 7. But Matthew 1, 23 says this. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. This is the encouraging part. Listen in. It says, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. How can I stand here and I can say that that God is equally with you? Jesus is equally with you in the good moments and the bad moments. Because his name is Emmanuel. His name says that he's with us in those moments. I want you to be encouraged this morning because God is with you. He understands what you're going through. He he understands what you've already walked through, and he understands everything that you will go through. He knows how you felt when that happened and when that happened, because Hebrews 4.15 tells us that Jesus understands our weaknesses. He understands our struggles because he faced all the same things. And even though he faced the same challenges, the same temptations, the same difficulties, the same difficult seasons as you and I face, he still remained perfect. I want to share a story with you. You know, some of you may question whether Jesus could really understand anything about your life. I recognize that there are some people that are listening to me right now that that you're thinking, oh yeah, Jesus can really understand what it's like to be me. Many of us, we have this picture of Jesus, you know, and we, we picture him as the, the perfect kid in school that always got straight A's and never got in trouble. You know, he never had money trouble. He never had bad hair days. His, his beard didn't have a bald spot. I mean, he never got laid off from work. We have this picture that everything in his life was perfect. But as you look at the Bible, we realize that that's not true. You look at the story of his life, and it's just not true. Don't get me wrong. Jesus was perfect. He was without sin. He did not make a mistake. He never disobeyed his parents. He always did the chores the first time his mom asked him to. He did not make a mistake. 
Jesus was perfect, but his life wasn't. I mean, just look at his story. Jesus was born to a virgin. I mean, he's 100% man because he's born from a woman, but he's 100% God because he didn't come from a man. I mean, talk about feeling like he didn't belong. He didn't. I mean, even Mary and Joseph's relationship started out rough. I mean, Mary as a young woman is visited by an angel telling her that she would give birth to a son, and she's obviously a little confused and has some questions because what she learned about in health class she hadn't done yet. Then Joseph finds out that she's pregnant, and, and then that raises a whole other set of difficulty for him because he likes Mary, and he, he doesn't want to cause her any hardship. Back in those days, if you were a woman and you weren't married and you, you got pregnant, it would not be good for you. So he's trying to find a way to quietly get out of this engagement when an angel shows up and brings him up to speed on what's going on. But here's the thing. The angel didn't show up to everybody else that lived in their town. Everybody else that lived in their town thought that they had done something wrong. They had been messing around. They would have began their, their married lives with everyone else looking at them and judging them thinking that they had been shacking up before they got married. I mean, guys, this is common now. But it was not common or accepted then. Jesus was born in what was probably a cave surrounded by farm animals. Now, I don't care how much you love animals, you do not want your baby born next to some stinky goat. I mean, I don't care how messed up, how crazy the hospital you were born in, I am pretty positive your dad didn't have to dodge cow patties to put your pacifier in. Jesus was born in a crazy situation. Jesus was perfect, but his life wasn't. Jesus had enemies even from the day one of his life. I mean, from day one, Jesus had enemies that were willing to kill off an entire generation of baby boys in the hopes of stopping him. They knew of the prophecy predicting a king would be born and, and they had found the wise men that, had, that were bringing gifts and, and looking for Jesus and they were so desperate to stop him that even as a baby, they killed off every male baby in the province to kill him. I mean, you and I, we've had some enemies. I've had some enemies in my life, people that it felt like priority number one on their list was doing anything they could to discredit me, to make me look bad, to, to oppose me, to hurt me, but I've never had anybody. I've never had anybody in my life that was willing to kill everyone around me just to hurt me. Jesus was perfect, but his life wasn't. I mean, even getting into his adult years, he surrounded himself with 12 men that he poured everything he was into. He poured his life into them. He spent every day with these guys, teaching them and training them to eventually take the message around the globe. Jesus dedicated his life to discipling and mentoring these 12 men. And before being betrayed by 
by one of those 12 guys. Jesus was praying in a garden and he was praying, asking God if there was any way to avoid what he knew was to come. I mean, he was so stressed. He was so overwhelmed by what he knew, the Bi- I mean, by what he knew was coming that the Bible says that he was sweating blood. I've been stressed. I've been overwhelmed. But I've never been that overwhelmed. I've never been that stressed. I mean, going back to those 12 men, he dedicated his life to, to mentoring and to, and to encouraging and to building up. One betrayed him and handed him over to the religious leaders to eventually uh, be killed. I mean, that one, he literally accepted money. He sold him to his enemies. Another denied they even knew him when a little girl asked them, asked him. She asked him three times and three times said, I don't even know him. Nine others were too afraid to be there with Jesus when he was nailed to the cross because someone might recognize him. Nine others were too afraid when Jesus needed their support, when he needed their encouragement the most. Those nine abandoned him. Out of the twelve, only one, only one was there with Jesus when he died. He dedicated his life to mentoring these men, these friends, and when he needed them most, all but one abandoned him. I want to bring that verse that we read a few moments ago back to you. Matthew 1, 23. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. What I want you to take away this morning as we get ready to close is this. If there was ever someone that could be trusted, if there was ever someone that when they promised to be with you, when they promised to never leave you or turn away from you, if, if there was ever someone that could take them at their word, it's Jesus. If there was ever someone that knew what it was like to face difficulty and challenges, if there was ever someone that understood what it's like to be you, it's Him. I don't know what life has been like for you. I don't know what you've been through. But you have someone that's promised to be your Emmanuel. He's not just Emmanuel. He is your Emmanuel. He's promised to be with you every step of the way because he is God with you. Not only has he promised to be there for you, he knows what it's like. He knows what it's like to be hated. He knows what it's like to to feel alone. He knows what it's like to be betrayed. He knows what it's like to be stressed and overwhelmed. He knows what it's like to feel like everyone is watching you, hoping to catch you messing up. He knows what it's like to feel like everyone wants you to fail and fall flat on your face. This morning, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, I want you to be encouraged because Jesus has promised to be your Emmanuel. You can celebrate Christmas this year. You can have a merry Christmas. You can experience joy even in the midst of difficult seasons because he's with you and he understands you. He understands. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you. God, we thank you that you understand.
God, we thank you that you were willing to go through every bit of what you went through. God, the good seasons and the bad seasons, just like we face. God, you went through all of those seasons to show us that you are our Emmanuel, that you are our God with us, that you understand. God, help us to be reminded that in good times and bad and wonderful moments and in challenging moments that you are still Emmanuel. That good moments don't change your name. God, bad moments don't change your name. You are still with us. The next thing, God, that we ask is we know that you've promised. God, you've promised to be with us. But the question I pose is, are we with you? As you're listening to the sound of my voice, the question I ask you is, are you with him? Jesus has promised to be with you. Are you with him? This morning, if you were willing to be honest for a moment, if you didn't know the answer to that question, if you would say, you know what? Maybe you do know. Maybe in, a, in an honest moment, you'd say, hey, I'm not. I'm with myself. I'm relying on myself. I've lived my life not thinking that I needed someone else. But I believe this morning, this morning that God is beginning to speak to your heart. If you'd like that to change, if this morning you want everything to change, and you want to see what it's like to live your life, to dedicate your life, to commit your life to a God that promises to be with you, that came down from heaven to experience difficulty, to experience challenge, to experience temptation, to be hurt, to be beaten, to be bruised, and later killed. So he could stand there and say that I am with you. Not only am I with you, I understand, because I've been through it too. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. It's a simple prayer. Just goes something like this. Jesus, please forgive me. I haven't been living for you, even though you've promised to be there with me. I recognize now that you understand. I recognize now that you've promised to be with me. Come into my life. I commit my life to you. Help me. Teach me. Amen. For everyone else this morning, I just ask that during this holiday as we're driving from one place to another, as we're spending time with family, would you take a moment and encourage yourself with the fact not the thought, the fact that Jesus is with you, that he understands difficult challenges. If that's your life right now, remind yourself that he understands. Don't allow yourself to fall into the trap, to fall into the lie that you're walking through this season, through this difficulty on your own. He is your Emmanuel. He's with you. He understands you. And that's a realization that we all need.
Thank you for listening to this message. We trust that it's left you feeling loved, encouraged, and challenged to grow. If we can help you grow in your walk with Jesus, please connect with us on Facebook or on our website. We would ask that you subscribe and rate this podcast so that we can continue to stay up to date with you on what's happening here at Christian Life and so that others can hear. We'll see you next week on the Christian Life Podcast.